Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. Alexa, what is the baddest podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup, and that coffee is best two to 14 days after it's been roasted. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people? What you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, the rawest opinion, giving you the straight up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Dead Press. We're giving sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On the first episode of season two, we'll be pulling back the curtain on Pulling Back the Curtain podcast and much more. Press was popping, baby. Man, season two, we are back. What's good, Jules? Oh, man, I'm winning, man. Winning. That's right. It's been a minute, man. Talk to him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's been, it's been, yeah. What's going on, people out there, man? We'd like to thank y'all for, hey, keep rocking and rolling with us, man. I love it that we're back, man. It's been, like you said, it's been a minute for us, and, and we're going to come back badder and better than ever. That's right, man. Listeners, welcome to season two of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, man. We want to, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this thing, Jules, we want to give a little shout out to, to Lucy. Uh, she's the newest member of the Pulling Back the Curtain family. Listeners, you heard her on our open. Thank you so much, Lucy, for being a part of the family. Thank you for your contributions. Thanks, we appreciate it. <laughs> also, man, Jules, man, how's everything been going out there, man? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> one word. <laughs> oh, only one word. Crazy. <laughs> Jumping off, but man, huh? <laughs> man. But you know what, man? This year is almost over. It's almost over. I'm looking forward to next year, though, man. It started started things over, over new and stuff. So, well, so. I, I'll say this, man. I hate to be that guy, man, and, I, and I'm generally not the person that looks fast forward to the, the next year and the new year. But man, we we need something, man, because 2020 is taking away more from us than it is given, man. I'm telling you, this has been a mm-hmm. fucked up year. Oh yeah, but hey, man, 
Only thing we can do is just keep moving. Like my mom always said, hey, hey, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and just keep stepping. Well, you know what? That's why I rock with her, man, because she's right. <laughs> she's right. <laughs> That's all we can do. That's all anybody can do, really. Man, I'm telling you. But you know what, though? At the end of the day, man, we'll, we'll get through it, man. I mean, and, and, and as much as we talk oh, yeah. about how 2020 has been a tough year, man, we're all very fortunate, right? You and I both are still employed. Yes, we're still able to take care of our families. So we got to be thankful for mm-hmm. the things that we still do have, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It can always be worse. That's right. I had, to, um, I had this old time in my old job said, it, no matter what it, what happened, what's going on, they say it can always be worse. I looked at him like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is. And I think people got to have more of that type of uh, attitude, right? Because, man, I think what this is teaching us, and and I said this in season one, Jules, we got to come out of this thing stronger. Um, None of us understand what the hell this year is and the the reasons behind Mm -hmm. it or whatever. But I tell you one thing. We all have learned a tremendous amount about ourselves and the people that are around us. And we just have to come out stronger going into 2021, to your point. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this, this episode, I wanted to make a quick show announcement for our listeners. So wanted to let you guys know that Novak, he'll no longer be uh, pulling back the curtain with us. I do want to thank him for his many contributions to this show. Uh, and also, we want to extend our condolences to Novak. Um, he recently lost his grandmother. So you're in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, man, this is a tough loss. And I know how close you were to um, your grandmother and man. You'll be in both of our thoughts and prayers, man. Yeah, man. Novak, you know, he had to focus and, you know, on move on to other endeavors and stuff like that. But he's going to be rocking and rolling with the show. You know, he's still family. And, um, you know, again, echo off what you said, man, uh, as far as his grandmother, man, thoughts and prayers definitely go out to him and his family. And may God just wrap that family and keep them close. Exactly, man. And as I mentioned, man, 2020 just continues to, you know, and it's affecting all of us, right? But like I said, at the end of the day, Jules, you know, we know that we'll come out, uh, you know, bigger and stronger. At least, you know, that's the least, that's my hope. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, we will. Because you know what? Right now, the, uniform, the universe needs balancing. And this podcast, we're going to balance the unif- universe. That's what are we do. Are we back? Are we back? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, you know what? When And Jules, we talked about this in season one, man. But when we... Well, we kicked off this podcast, man. The thing with us is like, man, it was three guys. It was just like, man, we need to do something during this pandemic to, to keep from losing our minds and our sanity, right? So we came up with mm-hmm. the idea of just maybe chopping it up and, and talking about some of the things that were going on, right? So this podcast started off with just like a group of like our friends and family, you know, a couple, like maybe 50 to 75 people probably were listening to the podcast and everything was cool, right? But then out mm-hmm. of nowhere, man, this thing took off. <laughs> and then we got we grew to having listeners in like 55 plus countries, 400 downloads an episode. I mean, things just like spiraled like way, way quicker than we envisioned, right? <laughs> and so uh-huh. with that though, man, we realized real quick that, man, there's something here. And this is bigger than, man, us just chopping it up on a podcast for an hour, an episode, right? So with that, we realized, man, we got a responsibility, man, because we now we got these people from other countries that are coming to us to get our thoughts on some of these issues that are going on in the world, right? Definitely, because the outside looking in and they want to know what's going on. They're not getting the real uh, information from where they at. So that's that's why our job, that's where we come in and give them, give them that food for thought, you know what I'm saying, that nutrition and stuff that they need 
you know what I'm saying, say what's going on over here or any, any, any problems or, or, or as far as politicians or crime or whatever the case may be, any situation that we can give them that and give them that, that um, insight and the correct insight. It's not going to be nothing watered down and just something real. And that's why pulling back the curtain came to fruition and stuff like that, because people need to know, know the truth and know what's going on. And I liked how we came together like that and, and want to give people that information. Exactly, man. Because like you said, at the end of the day, man, pulling back the curtain, this podcast, man, we ain't about bullshit and fluff, right? So we're going to pull back the curtain on these issues that are going on in our world, right? And the thing about it is, we're going to talk about the shit that matters, right? We're going to dig deep into these topics that are relevant. And we're not going to shy away about talking about anything, bro. Because my thing is this. We're going to continue with our lighthearted moments because I know people like those and enjoy those. But the Mm -hmm. beef of what this podcast is about is talking about the real. And to let our listeners know, while we've been away, we've been basically coming up with ideas of how we can make this podcast better. We've outsourced uh, the production. We hired an audio engineer, right? We've uh, hired an intern that's going to be assisting us with social media. So we are definitely all hands on deck now with making sure that we not only are providing you guys with quality content with this podcast, but we want to give you guys uh, a podcast broadcast ready solution going forward. And that's what we're going to do. So when we said earlier in the open and we pulled back the curtain on ourselves, that's exactly what we did. We are definitely accepting the Mm -hmm. challenge that our listeners have laid down to us. We see we got 55 plus countries of people that are coming to us for information and knowledge. Well, guess what? We said we got to step our shit up. Yeah. We got to give them the information and knowledge. Yeah, definitely. Because people are going to be listening to us. They're going to be listening to us and they're going to want the real information and stuff like that. So like you said, we got to come with it. So that's why we did our homework and now we're back with it. Yeah, man. So the, the big thing, listeners, is we want to just make sure that not only we give you guys quality content, but we want to give you the best experience possible. And that is what we're going to do on this journey. So going forward, that is what you can expect from the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. So without further ado, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of this episode. Jules, man. So we saw we had our final presidential debate. Uh. And I'll say this, I'll say this, man. Both of those clowns are idiots, but at the same time, (laughs) I'll say this. The second debate that we had, I thought, was not as bad as that first debate. What did you think? No, the the second debate is definitely, definitely uh, better than the first one. Definitely better. Uh, (laughs) I know, (laughs) like, like, like us, we made some adjustments, stuff like that. Then they had to make some adjustments because that first one was... I don't know what that first. It wasn't a it wasn't debate. It was just two grumpy old men going at each other. And and it wasn't good for America. So, no, no, so the second one, <laughs> the second one, the second one was a little better. I'll say that. The moderator, she she held her, she held the thing down now. She was doing she her did, thing. Right? She did, mm-hmm. right? And I you know what I liked about her too? She had some good follow-up questions too. Did you notice that? Oh, oh yeah, she wasn't playing. Because uh-huh. when, when 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 Trump wasn't answering some of them questions, she came back like, well, what about this question? Yep. And I thought that was I thought that was cool. I was like, man, because other moderator just I right, just gone, you know, just let him pretty much, it was just duking it out. He he was just chilling in the back, like just, yeah, y'all go ahead and do this, man. I can't control this. So and that other moderator, he got steamrolled, bro. Like that dude, Trump was just basically was like, man, I don't care what you got to say, man. I, I'm going to get these talking points off and you just going to deal with it. <laughs> and, and this time right. around, I think what also helped, though, was they had those muted mics. So you saw that there were situations that they yeah. were cutting those mics off and you saw that they were starting to lip 
<laughs> their words and their responses and stuff. That was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's messed. It's messed up. Two grown ass men, and you got to mute the mics. Yeah, like for real? they can't sit there. They just can't sit there and wait till one person finish their thought, then another person chime in. I understand it's a debate. Sometimes you're gonna over talk, you know, a few times. But the last one, just the first one. I mean, it was just, just. It was just so ridiculous that you had to mute the mics and stuff so the other person get a chance to talk. Jules, I mean, in grade school, when we used to do debates and stuff, too, we had better manners with not interrupting people than, than like you said, two grown-ass right. <laughs> men. That was that was sad to me. So in, to your point, that first debate, I was embarrassed for our country with that whole Yeah. It, it was man, like, yeah, that, that, we're sitting up there, and we, we these are the two candidates that we're supposed to uh, vote for. Oh God! <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> but I'll say this, man. I think, in my opinion, I thought that Biden. I thought he won this debate, and I'll and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I thought that Biden came across at least more empathetic, right? So there was mm-hmm. the situation where Biden talked about the children that were being ripped away from their parents' arms, right? And basically, mm-hmm. we don't even know where the hell these people are right now, right? And I thought in that moment, I was like, man, that's the humanity that we haven't seen in the last four years. Mm-hmm. And to me, I saw somebody, now Biden has his 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 flaws, and, and I'm definitely going to get into that. But in that moment, Jules, that was something that hit home with me because I thought about, man, when we were coming up, could you imagine if you and I, if we went through that type of situation where we little shorties and we get ripped away from our families and stuff like that. Like you imagine like the fear and, and everything that goes into that. And I think Trump, the response that he made was saying that, oh, well, you know, the kids are being well taken care of and they're in nice facilities. It just showed more of like a heartless side, which that's mm. who he is. Right. But at the same time, that's not what I wanted to hear out of somebody that is supposed to be leading our country. If you get part of Trump and part of Biden put them together, you might have a decent candidate. You might. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, like you said, Biden coming with the uh, empathy and sympathy and, you, you, you know, want to unite the people and stuff like that. Trump's coming just, he's, he, he don't, he, he, he doesn't have tech, you know what I'm saying, as, 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 as we call it, mouthpiece. Right. He just shoot from the hip. And sometimes you're going to need to think before you say, you know, because a lot of people are listening to this man because he's, this is the president. And people look listening and looking for guidance and 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 want to know what's next. Okay, you got these people coming in from, you know, the country. They want a better, better chance, a better uh, life and stuff like that for themselves and their families and stuff like that. They're trying to come over here. Now I get it. We got rules and regulations. You got to do things the right way. I I I get it. Okay, but you can, you can say that, and mean it and be empathetic on what you're saying. You could be soft with it. And yeah. Trump just not, he's just, he's just a hard dude, man. He's just, just a hard dude. And, and I get sometimes you coming from these countries and the kids, they, they get these kids for human trafficking and they're not their parents and stuff like that. Okay. You have that. Then also you have kids that's with their family. So you get, you get both sides over here and, and you can say both sides. You can give the reports and stuff like that, but you, you know, you can just, you can make things seem seem more empathetic and more soft on how you, a subtle tone on how you, uh, how you approach things. Like you said, man, these individuals, and we could get into the nuts and bolts of the fact of, you know, the people that are coming over illegally and whatnot, but a lot of these people, let's mm-hmm. not forget, 
that they're coming over here to escape things that are going on in countries where right. they're probably being like tortured. You know, you don't know what the hell's going on, right? But these right. people are coming here to seek asylum. They want better lives for themselves and their family. And it's no different than what you and I want for our families and for ourselves, right? So when mm-hmm. I saw the basically the fact that Trump in that debate had the nerve to say only those with the lower IQ show up back to court when they seek asylum. Those comments to me, man, that came off like super ignorant. And I'm like, I just can't believe that this is life for us in 2020. We, we don't need it. That's what I'm saying. If if we can get Trump and Biden and mix them together, man, it, we might be all right. But we'll need those comments, man. It's just, it, you know, it, you know how it is, man. It is what it is. You, you got some bad people out there. Okay. Yeah. Yep. They come on over here. Some of them are, are over here and they're illegally and they do crime and stuff. But you're going to have that. You're going to have right. that. You know? Right. But it, and um, it's the same thing for the people that were born here because they fucking up shit too, you know. So it's like right, exactly. <laughs> right, what do you? Right, it's like what do you? Some things just go without saying, you know. I, that's what I think, man. I don't, you know. <laughs> well, what was cool. another? What was another moment in that debate that kind of made you uh, raise your eyebrow a little bit? Well, President Trump said he's the least racist person in the room. Oh yes. <laughs> when he said that, man, I fell off the couch. <laughs> he said he's the least racist president in the room. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> you, you know what, Jules? That remind me of like when you when you hear a white person and they say, "Well, I've had a black person in my house before." Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. That's what that sounded like. <laughs> the least person, okay, least okay. racist person in the room. <laughs> uh, man, yeah. man, man. I you know. <laughs> go ahead. I know you got you. You want to say it? Go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still stuck. Okay, I'm still stuck. The the, the debate didn't do nothing for me. Just being truthful. Yeah, and that's what that's what I want it people, didn't do. That's what I want people to understand because there's a lot of people out here in this country that are looking for something from these guys, and a lot of people still feel they didn't get it because there was a lot of empty promises that were made in that debate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, the questions. OK. All right. We got COVID and stuff like that. We don't know when there's a vaccine. Trump said end of the year. Uh, no, Biden he said, said he said in two weeks. What did he say? My man said two, in two weeks. He said it's very close. <laughs> and I'm sitting up here like, bro, shut your ass up. It ain't coming in oh, two weeks, bro. They said this so man. Two- they said he stopped even going to those coronavirus task force meetings at the White House. They said that they were having those things uh-huh. daily on uh, the first couple of months of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They said in the last right. three months, this dude stopped showing up to him. So how the hell does he know what's going on with any of this stuff? I know they got some some Regeneron, you know, out and stuff like that, but I, it's not. I don't think it's a virus. I think it's just something just to just to help help you while you yeah. while you have the COVID. Right, and I but, think that's what he said that he took when he when he had the COVID. Uh oh, he know? said he felt twenty years younger. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he said he felt twenty years younger. That was but like I'll some type of steroid or something. Man, something. But I'll, I'll say this, Drew, because you brought up a, a really good point, man, around that around COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So not only did he say that the vaccine was on the way, which obviously is a lie, right? Um, but he also said that we're rounding the corner on the virus, and I'm sitting up here like. Uh. What mm. what is what 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 is he looking at? Because I'm like the game that I'm watching out here is <laughs> <laughs> the numbers are going up, <laughs> right? Crazy it into the winter. Yes. Ah oh, man, dude. I only God can help us, man. Because <laughs> I mean, we're going into the winter now. 
in the beginning, they're saying this thing should top, top off in the summertime because it can't, it can't take that heat. Well, we had a decent summer here, but it's still, like you said, now the fall and stuff like that, flu season and stuff like that, numbers right. going back up. Plans are plans are going in back in place, going backwards and stuff like that, man. It's it's not looking good, man. It's... And we're seeing here, even um, in the city of Chicago, where the mayor now has put a 10 o'clock cap on basically mm-hmm. people being out, right? So now the gyms and restaurants and everything like that, they have to start abiding by, you know, these rules. And I think that's a way that we're trying to circumvent mm-hmm. these, the rise in numbers, because... Also, too, in the healthcare system now, and you probably know this, Jules, we're starting to see that the hospitals are starting to get taxed a little bit again, like we did in the beginning of the yeah. pandemic. Mm-hmm. We're going backwards, man. Yeah. Seems like we're going backwards. <sighs> and you know what? So I was bothered by the fact that he had the nerve to say that we're learning to live with COVID. And I said, no, we're not. I said, no one's learning anything because there's still so much about this thing that we don't even know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, you know, there was a first case. There was there was one case in um California. Dude recalled it. He had right. it, and then he beat it and caught it again. So now, right, that's something new we got to look at. Right, because we were all under the impression that okay, you catch it if you recover from it. We don't know the long term effects, but hey, if you recover from it, then maybe going forward right. you can't catch it again. <laughs> oh, that's not the case. Because when I saw that with old boy, I said, so it's because this thing had mutated and he caught another version of it. Wow. Come on with that vaccine now. And then that's another thing with that vaccine. Biden was talking about it would be transparent and stuff like that. When he said that, I was like, transparent the vaccine? What, what, what are they going to tell us what's in it or something? Or, or, right. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't know what that with, is. I mean, <laughs> did, did, did he mean that right? part? Yeah. Or <laughs> was he saying that and they're going to be transparent and who will be able to get the vaccine because I've heard a lot of talk about that too. So I'm like, what, what was he saying with that? I was kind of, I was kind of scratching my head with that one. Mm-hmm. Like, is it, is it, is it a vaccine Joe or is it something else? What are yeah. we talking about here? Yeah. Well, I don't know. That, that mm. was interesting. That's listeners. Just think about that. Um, the other thing too, with Trump, and you probably remember this uh, Jules, cause we talked about it in season one, but Remember in the beginning where he was trying to reopen the economy, right? And so he started to like scale back and was like, oh, well, you know, we're rounded a corner with this thing. You know, we're we're going to be fine. We'll be able to go to church for Easter, right? Remember that? Like he was like trying to get everybody to just forget about this damn pandemic that was going on, right? So over mm-hmm. the course of this year, he's they counted 38 different times that he said that this virus was on the way out and it was going away. Well, guess what, man? It's almost the end of October, man. And this thing is showing no signs of letting up at all. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. You know what? He, <laughs> I don't know. He, he might have. He might. He might get something. He said we, we have to learn to live with this thing. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the, that's probably the honest thing he said about this whole COVID thing thus far. <laughs> have to yeah, live with right? this because, man, <sighs> wow. But you know what? We, as Trump say, hey man, we ain't shutting down nothing. We ain't shutting it. No, according to him, according, according, according to Buddy. But I'll I'll say this, man, just for our listeners. I mean, you, everyone knows, right? This, this thing has taken two hundred and twenty thousand Americans. I mean, this thing right here. When I look at this pandemic and I look at this coronavirus, I put the blame solely on Trump because my thing was his response to this thing could have saved a lot of lives. It could have saved my grandmother's life, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at these situations, when I see a guy up there continuing to be in denial, it really infuriates me, man, because I'm like, dude, 
people are dying on your watch and you're not taking this thing seriously. He trying to, he's downplaying this, uh, this COVID because the economy was, was good. The economy was, was, was booming and stuff like that. So when this COVID hit, shuts everything and now people out of jobs, you got many people on, uh, needing assistance and aid and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, and it's on his watch and he was big on the economy. Look what he's done. He's provided jobs. He, you know, unemployment is down, unemployment is down for blacks, record numbers and this and that. So he's butter because yeah, the COVID didn't stop all that. And it kind of knocked that, that the economy thing to the side with him. Mm-hmm. Now he don't have anything. So that's why he's playing off. You know, he beat it. You can, don't let it beat you and stuff like that. And we're going to open up the economy and stuff because it's election year. It's election yep. year. He need, he need to get back in the office. And that economy was his baby, was his bread and butter. And yep. without that, what, what else you have? Yeah, because you sure don't have anything else with this guy. <laughs> no, no. How he handled COVID is what people are talking about. How he's uh how he's dividing the country, stuff like that. I mean, those things are big. And 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 in the second debate, that was he was he was he was looking bad up there because the stuff they was hitting on, he wasn't looking he wasn't good on. No, man, you can't see this is the thing, man. Biden was hitting him with them with them shells, man. And the thing about it is you mm-hmm. can't deflect that because those things are actual situations. 223,000 people died on your watch. You can't shake right. that. I don't care how many times you want it, because you know Trump, he went to his playbook, Jules. He started to attack. He started to blame. He started to bring mm-hmm. up Obama and this and that. And, well, you know, this happened under the Obama administration. I'm like, if this man actually had a plan, instead of everything that Trump wants to do is anything that Obama did, he wants to remove, like, his legacy as a president. He's only thing that he, this guy has done is try to remove Obama's legacy as being president, and just in my opinion. I'm like, why don't you come up with your own plans to do something to help this country? And like you said, to your point, Jules, instead of dividing, because we have never been this divided. This guy has divided oh, not only friend groups, he's divided families. He, I mean, you you outside now and you see people, you, you go through your neighborhood and you see a person that has a U.S. flag up. Well, guess what? Years ago, that just meant you were proud of your country. Now, mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means anymore, right? And that's the thing. Right, right, right. We the live division, in a country now where the division crazy. is just at a halt all-time high. Then that's why a lot of people were saying, you know, we need Biden in office to unify this country. Other people, other countries are looking at us like, look, you know, look at them. Now, now you got coming up where you got the, you know, Biden talk about how Iran and Russia has in, influenced the election and stuff like that, to, you know, and, and other countries are watching us. You still got North Korea, and you, and you, you know. We have to be strong. The United States has to be strong. Right. And if they see we're divided, then we're weak. And then who knows? Who knows who who who'll look at that and, and try to attack us? And also another thing, too, that makes me uncomfortable is not only the things that you mentioned, but the fact that Trump has all these built business dealings in these foreign countries. And we know that sometimes these business deals can go south real quick. And my question is, what is he doing with the money and stuff that he's playing around with with China, right? Because that's a situation that nobody's talking about. Yeah, you I'm know, surprised they didn't bring that up. They didn't bring it up. And my thing is this. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors that are going on with what this guy's doing. His his businesses and things like that, he's making so much money. And he has not taken, um, he's not taking a step back from his business dealings. He's doing that while still calling himself running this country. And, and it's mm. a shame. 
Uh, I also think when you look at a guy like this, he still has not denounced white supremacy in this country. And that, to me, says all that needs to be said about this person as a man. Because if you can't look and see what that has done to the history of this country and you can't speak to that, then I don't know. So I'm not telling anybody who they should vote for. You do your own research. You vote the way you want to vote. But I'm just going to tell you, for me, I look at two of those guys. And I'm going to say, Jules, that I still wish that as a country, we had more options when it came to (laughs) who we could vote for, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when I I look at these two men, I know it's pretty simple which way I'm going to go. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Well, another thing, you know, I'm I'm just though, I'm, I'm sorry to get off track a little bit, but should there be an age requirement for the presidency? Oh, because right now it's 35, right? Yeah, so you have to so you have to be 35 and and, yep. and 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 so on. So you're good. But these guys, Biden 70, uh, uh, 77, right? Trump 74. If Biden if Biden win the presidency four years, he 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 80, right. he 81. Grandpa Joe. I mean, should there be a cutoff? I think so, because this is my thing. <laughs> I mean, not we, knocking anybody who's no, in that age. If, you, if you're in that age and you're still doing your thing, man, more power to you. We don't want to, you know, be with age discrimination or anything like that. But I think right. the point that you're right. making on this is the fact that we have two old white men that we're basically having to vote for, right? And then when I was looking at the two jewels, mm-hmm. I was thinking about, we got two old white men up here talking about Million dollar deals and emails. I'm like, they couldn't be more unrelatable in that conversation when they were going back and forth about that. I'm like, dude, I don't know nothing about a million dollar deals, man. Like, can you guys talk about the stuff that that matters to me? <laughs> right, right. We're not right. We ain't jiving because we don't know. We we sitting here waiting, trying to get some familiarity out of this thing. Like, oh, okay, hit us, talk to us. What's what's what you guys bring to the table? Because you guys want our vote. So what's right. what are you guys coming with? And, and I, that's, that's why I said that's, I, that's why thing. I said I'm not I'm not yeah. I wasn't when after this election, I, I mean this uh, debate, I was I'm still still undecided. Well, and then, you know what? Rightfully so, because I think there's a lot of people that are. Um also one thing to 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 focus on Biden about is, and let's not forget, listeners, Biden had his fingerprints all over that 94 crime bill. Um uh, mm-hmm. and I will say this. That crime bill was good for one thing, and it was basically it put into law violence against women when it came to, to domestic violence and, and rape uh, scenarios. Oh, but, that's good. That's good. But the crime bill, in factuality, ended up being mass incarceration for many people of color in the 90s, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we saw very aggressive policing practices that basically came with that crime bill. And one thing, too, that nobody talks about with this, Jules, is the fact that the reason why Clinton and Biden and those guys back in the in the 80s put this into play was the fact that they saw how the Republicans were trying to own the be tough on crime type of narrative. Because in 88, when Bush beat Dukakis, he focused on Dukakis because he said Dukakis was soft on crime. And everybody voted for Bush because he was having that tough on crime mentality. So when Clinton came into the office, the Democrats wanted to take that away from Republicans. And that's why they put that crime bill in place, because there was a very high, uh, a high amount of violent crime that was going on in this country. And so that crime bill, in a sense, was supposed to circumvent 
what was going on with that with that violent crime that was going on in the country. So that's the part that I want our listeners to kind of think about with Biden is that he did have his fingerprints on that, and it did lead to mass mm-hmm. incarceration of people. Now we see that he's trying to make sweeping criminal justice reforms in his policies now, but uh-huh. let's be honest, he's doing that to take back what he did in eighty was eighty four with the with that crime bill. Like so, it's yeah, like now but- you now you realize you made a mistake. And now you're like, well, now we gotta we gotta strip away at it. But I'm like, but the damage is done. So you can't you can't go back on what you did already. Right. And it's it's up to it's up to it's up to Joe to uh, uh I'm sorry, Biden to to stick that with the with the public, you know, come out and say, hey, he messed up and and if the public you know forgives him or not, it's up to the people that uh that uh he's trying to talk to. Yeah, because it, even in the debate, he kind of he he spoke towards that at the end, where he apologized mm-hmm. and he mentioned that it was a mistake. But my thing is, you can't have that conversation with with someone that basically was a victim to those tough you know laws that were passed, right? So that's a tough conversation to have. So yeah. my thing is this: Biden's not without his warts as well. So that's why I say mm-hmm. we have two individuals here that we have to choose from that both are imperfect candidates, and we hey, we hey, can pick hey, a part yeah. of both of them. Yeah. Yeah, and then don't forget how 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 uh Trump like to throw in um uh uh what's Biden's son name Hunter Hunter yeah he definitely likes to talk yeah. to take, throw shots at Hunter you know say Hunter said he wasn't qualified but making million dollar deals and stuff <laughs> I tell you one thing boy I wish Joe Biden I wish I could hey Joe if I can use you for a reference man please man send me your information <laughs> you ain't lying bro you ain't lying about that. <laughs> Because I'm like, that man's he's, he's tapping people on the shoulders and they become a millionaire. So I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, one thing, man, I am glad that uh, I am glad that Trump didn't, you know, hit Hunter with the whole uh, dope thing and stuff like that, man. Because that first debate, when he said that, man, that was that was a low blow. I didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. That, that was that was dirty. That was dirty. Because we all have things that go on in our families. Right. And. Sometimes parents have to face the the harsh realities of maybe some a kid of theirs kind of had a a, a dark questionable uh, past, right? Mm-hmm. But no parent wants that thrown in their face, you know. And and, right. and that surprised me, Trump, because you have children, right? So it's like, as a father, you should have had a little bit more class and and not thrown mm-hmm. that in, in that man's face, you know? Because the but thing I about like, it is, I like how Joe responds. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Press. I'm sorry. Oh no, no. The only thing I was just gonna say is just like. Uh, and you were kind of going to that point. I just said the way that Joe handled it, it was mm-hmm. probably better better than probably I would have handled a situation like that. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> what would you do? Would you dove over there at that podium? And... <laughs> well, I would have thrown something at him because, you know, we're in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. You can't get, you're right, yeah. right, right. You got to have your, di- your distance. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would have socially distanced thrown something at his head, but that would have been about it. <laughs> okay. But but that's what you like to see. That's one of them qualities the, the, that you want to see in the president when, when he's faced with something like that and he's able to, to respond in in a calm way, you ain't always got to get all uptight and shoulders back and stuff like that, man. You can cut people, you can cut people very easily and gently. To your point earlier, you brought up the fact that you know you you can see positives with both of them in their own ways, right? Mm-hmm. And if you had a combination of that in one of them, yeah, we might have something, right? But that's right. not the situation that we're in right now. And no. you know, America. I was just gonna say this, you guys, just think longer, hard about. Because everybody's telling people to vote, right? Vote, vote, vote. But guess what? Oh man, there's a lot. There's right. a lot more that goes into it besides just vote voting. I think people have to educate themselves on who they're voting for. So not just with this presidential election, but with your with your local elections. Mm-hmm. Do research on these candidates so that way you know 
how these people have voted on things that affect you and where you live. And I think that instead of like people just focusing on the vote aspect, know who you're voting for. So not just right. vote. I think that's important for people yeah. to, to think about. You definitely need to be politically mature on, on, on what's going on out here. Who's who's talking to you, who's speaking to your your lifestyle and stuff like that. Now, if you if there's something about taxes and stuff like that and 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 uh gas or, or whatever the case may be, and someone want to raise the taxes or property taxes or income taxes or whatever the case may be, water, whatever. Um, then somebody want to hike it up, but you're sitting up here like, hey, I know what I'm making, and I won't be able to won't be able to, to make this. So you know, you go with a different candidate and stuff. You you go with the candidate that 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 speaks your language. Yep, exactly. And let's let's not even not forget the fact that this summer we've seen a lot of civil unrest, right, Jules? Oh so, my good. Oh my. God. So so let's 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 think about the judges, right? Think about all of these type of people that are running for a reelection. Know these people. Know their histories. Know how they've basically sentenced people, right? Because those are the things that matter. You know, those are the people that are really controlling our world. And so we Mm -hmm. need to make sure that we understand who these people are as much as we can. Right. But I think it's just very important. No, I I agree, man. And it should be it should be. I'm not sure. I have to do some research. It should be when a judge is coming up for for election. What's their background? What's their history like and stuff like that? I'm pretty sure it's something you can probably look up, but it should be something uh, easier or something to give out people so they know what judges what because half the time you see the ballots on the, their names on the ballot but you know i don't know who this person is so you probably just hit yeah because right you know I, it's either yes it, or no right and exactly so i think so there's different websites out there what we'll do is uh we'll put it on our on our twitter account but there's uh, websites out there that you can uh, educate yourself on who these individuals are um what their uh what their uh, voting preferences have been as far as different laws are concerned. And so you'll be able to kind of get an idea of who they are as individuals, because like Jules mentioned, when you're just at the ballot box, you're looking at these names and just like, yes or no. Most people right. either just put yes, or they might just, you know, I don't know, leave a blank. You, you never right. know. Right. But mm-hmm. so I think in this situation, it's going to be important to make sure that you're exercising your vote on that as well. A lot of people are focused on, you know, the federal race and, and, and rightfully so. But we also have to make sure that locally that we're educating ourselves and making the proper decisions right. there as well. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's what's up, man. Definitely put that on that Twitter feed, man. Definitely. And people out there look at that stuff, man, because that's important. We talked about Trump a lot in this in this first uh, segment, Jules. And we saw that Ice Cube has been very vocal about his uh, contract with uh, Black America, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, um... All summer, he's basically been posting online about, you know, how uh, African-Americans, like to our point, we were saying uh, they need to not guarantee their vote to people unless people are are giving them something in return for that vote. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jules, what did you think with with Ice Cube when he kind of came out and started speaking more politically about that contract with Black America and what was kind of your thoughts around that? Well, you need it. Because right now, Black America is suffering. You need somebody, especially in Cube's uh, stature, to talk about Black affairs because what's going on right now, you have, what is it? We're the biggest consumers. Yep. We don't, we're not, we don't have a lot of Black businesses out there. Nope. I mean, we're not respected. I, it's, 
and that's what the whole with with we talked about on on, on the podcast with George Floyd. When that happened, it man, it just it went it exploded because black people took to the streets and said, "Hey, listen, you know what? We need to even this thing out." Enough is enough. We're so fo- right. We we so far on 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 this pole here. We need to even this thing out. There's a lot of black people that can be can be in these positions as qualified to be in these positions of power to make decisions and bring other black people. And that's why I feel what Cuba's doing. And, you know, he has this contract with Black America. Is he released this 22 page documentary and a uh, document? I'm sorry. And his whole thing is racial equality. You know, across yep. the board, and he's talking mm-hmm. more than just you know, your police reforms, justice or prison reform. He's talking about banking and financing and entertaining and and, and, and reform and reparations and all that stuff. Uh, he's talking about for Hollywood to 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 give reparation to smaller you know, black studios and stuff. I'm, I, I, I don't see what's the I don't see what's the problem with it. So to your point, I thought that that 22 page document that Q put together, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was well put together. Um, And I also agreed with him with the fact that he applied to Democrat politicians, use black voters without offering them much in return, because let's just be honest, both sides of the aisle, they're not doing anything for us. (laughs) And so. Well, right, right. That's what he right. Right. Because he said that with not right. Both sides. Yep. But I also want to make sure that our audience is also realizing that Republicans definitely aren't our allies either. Um, And so Mm -hmm. while to your point, I loved that black contract. I mean, I loved his contract with Black America. I was disappointed in Cube with the plan that he put together with the Trump administration because he took that 22 page document, man, that like had all those points that you brought up, Jules, and turned it Mm -hmm. into like a two page platinum plan. And I'm like. That mm-hmm. plan that he put together with Trump, I feel like it stripped away all of what that plan that he put, that contract, all the stuff that was in there that I thought was really important. And it crammed it into like a two page document to me. And I don't know what your thoughts on it, but it felt like to me that was something that Trump was trying to do to basically kind of get some favor with the black community um, by basically throwing his name on that. And I also think for Cube. Cube took a, a tremendous opportunity to actually make sweeping changes, and I think that he might have got played on this one. Like you said, Cube uh, uh, accused both uh, parties for not having a plan for Black America, and the Republicans, you know, went in and did the work because they're like, "Hmm." He said that, you know what? It's always what can you do for me? Yeah. But what, what I'm gonna get out of this and stuff like that. Well, the Republicans get black votes. Well, Q give Q want, you know, what I'm saying equality for black for black people. It, I'm just, I'm I'm just thinking what he might he might want. I'm I'm not I'm yeah. not Q. Yeah. I wish I can ask him, right. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm thinking if it was me, I say, listen, I want my people to have e- equality all across the board. If I can get that and work with the Trump administration or whoever, because Cube say he's not endorsing Donald Trump. Right. But if if but if Trump if the Trump organization administration coming out and say hey listen what plan do you have and let's do it okay they're gonna do it the Democrat he said he, he reached out to Biden and his team and stuff they said wait till after the elections yeah and I think they said that one Jules is because you can't really be promising things to people in that situation right so I think mm-hmm. that Biden and, and and Kamala were probably trying to be more 
I think they were probably trying to be more above board with the situation. The one thing that I was saying, I want to see what you think about this. A lot of people that I've talked to this situation about, they feel that this partnership is less about Cube and promoting the Black agenda, but they think that it might be more about suppressing Black voters turnout for the Democratic candidate. Do you have any thoughts on that aspect of things? But see, but see how? See, only way this only thing is is suppressed the, the voters if if they look at well if Biden's been in politics, what he said forty some years yes forty some years and what has he done for Black America nothing so crime if Trump it, <laughs> yeah <laughs> the crime and that's not good no. <laughs> so if Trump say hey listen you know what if they can get a jump on this. Even if he didn't care, at least inside, if he doesn't care inside, but outside, he show, okay, put something together, we'll work together, get a platinum plan or whatever like that, and let's move on. At least it shows something like, hey, this dude is in position to power to do something, and he he might can he might can help. Now, for us, it's swing the, the voter suppression. I I don't see how. You like who you like. You either you either you use tool is on two. Well, there's a couple more, but there's only two main, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, two main uh, candidates. Is Trump or Biden? I think though. I think when people maybe talk about the suppression part, they may think that because Cube has a lot of respect, right, in, in our in our community, right, and they think that maybe mm-hmm. some people may see him uh, aligning with that side and may say, well, if Cube is rocking with him, then then maybe you know I need to kind of reconsider what I'm doing because to even your point that you brought up earlier in this conversation, you're still undecided. Think about how mm-hmm. many people out there are in those same shoes, uh, Jules. So you never know. Mm-hmm. Some people may look at this and say, man, fuck this, right? Like I'm not voting. And, and that's the part that kind of concerns me a little bit, but I'm not going to kill Q because he did say that he was willing to work with both sides. He said that right now mm-hmm. he's just working with whoever is willing to work with him in return. And right now, it's the Republicans, right? That's that's fair. That's fair, right? That's right. fair. Yeah. And I ain't so gonna that, lie. That I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. Right. You know, get people coming out there. He went from NWA to MAGA and this, and he I can't listen to Cube. He's watered down and this and that. I'm like, come on, people. This is Ice Cube. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He do, he do a lot for do a lot for black people. His roots and stuff. It's not like this dude was born like you know, with a silver spoon in his mouth and like that. He came up through the through the through the streets and stuff. Hell yeah, he ain't easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, damn, why are we so quick to, you know, just because one of us wanna, you know, he's not making a deal with the devil, but you know, <laughs> Trump ain't that you bad. Sure? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he ain't that bad, but he's trying. My thing is he's trying something. This is what one thing that I was going to say, Jules, about this this uh, this deal, right? Because as I as you mentioned, and I, and I agree with you, the twenty two page document was awesome, but I think what they put forward in this plan, I think it kind of missed a lot of things that actually matter to us, right? Because when I think of it, like this two page platinum plan doesn't solve the issues that we really need addressed right now. Because I think in that twenty two page document. It called for more radical solutions and actual government intervention intervention and help for us, right? Because uh-huh. it's not news to anybody that's listening to this po- podcast that neither political party has done anything for Black America economically. And the Black and white wealth gap is downright alarming when you look at oh, it, right? Man. And white right, households right. in this country, they basically 
have 12 times more wealth than Black ones. And let's not even talk about the fact of Black homeownership, which continues to be down. And I would just say this, banks and the way that they work, they have a lot of practices that are discriminatory against African-Americans. A lot of African-Americans get turned down for loans and things like that. So it prevents them from home ownership. It prevents them from being able to get into the real estate game where they can be investors. So there's a lot of different mm-hmm. things that go into this that I wish that Ice Cube's plan, while I'm not going to kill him for trying to help, I just think that I wish that he would have pushed more for actual solutions that were going to basically help bridge the gaps that are the real problem. And I think what the real problem comes in is basically the fact that a lot of our opportunities to build were taken from us. Where is that going to do to help us get back in some sort of equal footing? Biggest thing we need far as with mortgage and loans and banking and all that, you need, people have to be educated, man. Right. People have to be educated, man, because what you don't know can, can hurt you. And yeah. And with this, you know, proposal, well, with, with the platinum plan, I, I see what you're talking about because could, a lot of fluff and stuff because, you know, it includes calling KKK and TIFA a terrorist organization. Right. I, I, yeah, it should be. I mean, uh, making Juneteenth a federal holiday. Hey, come on with it. I can use that time and a half. Come on with it. <laughs> come on with it. You know what I'm saying? You know, peaceful neighborhoods, you should have that anyway. Uh, being policed fairly, you should have it anyway. You know, school choices. You, these things, we should have this anyway. Right. We should you know have what I'm saying? That, we shouldn't have to put that into a plan. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's, <laughs> that, should be, that should be fundamentally what this country represents. Right. I, I... In his contract, right? Remember uh, that it talked about baby bonds, job guarantees, uh, freeing people in prison for marijuana possession. We talked about marijuana okay. and there's people right. that are locked up for that. And mm-hmm. now let's not let's not even get me started on the fact that now you got these dispensers out here where who's making all the money off of marijuana when who or the ones mm-hmm. that got thrown to jail for marijuana? <laughs> well, yeah, and it's hard. And that's one of the things, right? It's hard for a, a, a black person to get a dispenser, or because right. you have to come with so much amount of money at first. Like you know, some some black we don't have that type of money, and the banks aren't going to loan them that kind of money yeah. for that, right? Um, yeah. Because I I know two people personally that tried to get into it and they had the cash and they still got denied. Right, because right you got to come up with some with the play money. You got to put down play money. You got to put down the money. Yeah, right. To me, uh, Jules, I think the real issue is, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go in real quick. I think okay. as long as we're stuck in this two party system that's backed by corporations and these big money donors and these financial institutions, we're never going to get a mm-hmm. reprieve as black people. And I'm just gonna say this. It's tough for me to have any faith or put any sort of faith behind individuals that haven't done anything for me. So while I respect Cube for his attempt to try to figure something out here, I wish that he would have pushed for more things that are going to actually change things and make things better for us. Because all this two-page document did that he put forward, which just gave Trump's lackeys talking points to be able to say, well, this is what we're doing for the black community. This is how we're helping them. We've ne- mm-hmm. Nobody's ever helped the black community like we have. And that's what I mm-hmm. think that this thing might have turned into. Just That's just my two say that, Right. He did say that in the, in the debate, how he did reform, prison reforms and stuff like that and gave pardons and stuff. So like you say, ammunition for, it, it was good for, like, it was good for Trump. This was good for Trump because like, it gave him something he can, he can, he can tell the uh, people, black people, what he have done. 
and what's or what's he's going to do. But is he going to do it? it like you're saying, that's remains to be seen. But like well, you yeah, say, as far as putting trust to both of these things, I, me personally, I don't live my life putting my my life in the hands of the politicians. I run well, my you life. Can't, you can't. You can't. Right. I run my yeah. household. Yep. My White House. That's what. That's who I'm. The president in my in my White House. Talk to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So I don't leave nothing to for outside people to do for me. I can do for myself. That's why I'm at with this. What, it, what far as things of taxes and stuff like that? Okay, you know, I'll be listening. Or far as far as crime, I'm big on crime because we shouldn't have to be, you know, living and you can't play outside and this and that, or your kids to play outside. You know, those things, those things, you have, some things you just have to be tough on. And some things you can, you can be a little soft and be a little, little uh, lenient. For me, I'm in control of this house, my house here. I'm around my house here. I'm good. Like I said in the opening, I'm winning. And I want everybody out there who listen to Pull It Back to Kurt, I want, we want them to win too. Well, I hope you get reelected in your house. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's only it's only it's only one candidate here. <laughs> There's only one well, candidate here. <laughs> but I'll say this, man. Uh, this last point that I had on this, and it's just really surrounding what I think is really dangerous with this situation is when we negotiate, and I'm not even just talking about just in this situation, but just with anybody. The negotiation has to start from an equal place. Well, I feel like in this situation with Cube, when he was working with Trump, these negotiations were never going to be fair because the started terms are way too far apart because the things that Cube is trying to push for, man, bro, we are like 400 years plus behind it, right? So it's like, I don't think that's ever going to be a fair negotiation. And I think unless we're talking about stripping everything down to the bare bones, then I think any of these plans that we are going to put into place are just going to be band-aids. I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to be substantial. So what's the what's the solution? If we know it's not going to be even playing cue, where we have to force the even playing cue, or do we have to just say, you know what, like our you know, we equipped to do things ourselves and bring our people. We just got to look out for nobody's gonna look out for, for us but us. Well, I Nobody. think that's part of it. We do, because mm-hmm. as 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 you know, this is something that, that I talk to you about often. We have to start picking each other up. We got to stop hating on each other. We got to stop mm-hmm. not being there for one another. If we see one of, of one of our own falling behind, bring them with you, man. Like, we got to mm-hmm. mentor. We got to do start doing things to basically build up our community. So that's one aspect of things. But I think mm-hmm. when it comes to these situations where we're looking for this outside help, I think it's going to come time for these governments to basically make large investments into these low-income working-class communities because I think that's where it's going to come. Look at an area like Inglewood, right, uh-huh. here in, in, in Chicago. That is an area right there that has been just stripped down. It's been known for you know many, many decades of just being high crime and so forth. I have so many friends that lived and grew up in Inglewood that these people – are so much in the world doing amazing things. And my thing is, there's hope. And I think the problem is, is that there's not a lot of resources for communities like that. So the ones that are lucky to get out and to, you know, figure things out for themselves, well, there's other people that didn't have that opportunity. And that's why they're still stuck, right, in those environments making mistakes. And I think that we have to invest in these communities, in these inner city communities. Not Mm -hmm. talk about it, but actually do it. And to your point, where you was talking about how, talking about how we need to pull each other up 
that was those one of the things. Once the people who was in 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 the hood and stuff like that who got out or who who's doing good, just don't say, "Hey, you know what? I'm good." And you know, say, "I don't need to. I don't need to do nothing else," because now you're a blueprint. You're a blueprint. Yes. You 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 have a testimony and stuff like that. Hey, you know what? Do this. If you see some somebody doing wrong, don't you know? What I'm saying you you can you can uh, chastise them, check them on and stuff like that, or or give them information. Just a little information can go a long way. Just a little bit. Instead of going right, go left. That's a good, you know what I'm saying? That's a little information that can take you, take you miles from where you're at. And that was the whole whole when we have integration and segregation of so once we once there was integration, hey, blacks was was gone. And that's what happened. You saw the fall of the 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 you know what I'm saying, the black uh uh communities and stuff like that when in the fall of the black family. Integration came. Yeah, the black family. When there was integration, that was that was it. That segre- that segregation kept us together. But when when integration passed and we started getting laws and this and that, we left and then we didn't look back and we didn't pull nobody else or show what's going on and 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 leave the business to somebody else. It was like, man, fend for yourself. Yeah, and that's the world that we're in today, right now, where mm-hmm. the, the the next person, they're basically they may have a couple dollars. And they're looking down at the next person, and it's like, well, well, damn, you don't know what that person had happened to them in their lives. I mean, we all go through shit, right? right. And so it's like, oh, yeah. man, pick pick the next person up. And so, man, that's a hell of a point, Jules, because I think that that is a big part of it. Um, one person that I wanted to kind of call out and give uh, some shout out to is 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 brother Killer Mike, and this is a guy that's yes, really sir. impressed me. He's really impressed me, and not just musically, because we know. He's that dude on the mic. But I will mm-hmm. say this, Jules. I've been a huge fan of his for a long time, and I love his ideas for change. Because now we're talking about someone that actually has ideas, but he's executing on those ideas, right? So he speaks truth to power. And think about it. His activism when it comes to social justice, civil rights. I think these are things that are very huge. But then also think about the fact that days after uh, our brother George Floyd was murdered, Killer Mike spoke in front of protesters in Atlanta who were angry, who were just, you know, protesting, Mm -hmm. tearing things up. And he gave them an impassioned speech and said, you know what? We don't need to be out here doing this. And I thought that he was basically very instrumental, more than any politician could have been, in getting those people to calm down and to basically realize that, hey, you know what? There's a better way. There's a different way. You're angry. You probably feel like, you know, you're, you're down and out. But he got them to calm down. You know what? It's 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 a Bible verse that speak on that. There's a Bible verse that speak. A subtle word can calm a, calm a wrath. It's written in the book. And he followed what James Brown did when he about to do on the show, and they found out they assassinated Martin Luther King. Yeah. And they wanted to ride and stuff like that. And he said he told the people that his promoter there said if they don't listen to me, who are they gonna listen to? And Killer Mike stood up. I'm happy for this brother here. He stood up and he just spoke his word and said, listen, we 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 better as a people than this. We and we can, we don't need this. We need unity. We don't need this. So this young man right here need to be need to keep keep doing what he's doing, need to be followed. He need all the support and stuff he can get because this man, he right there, we we got we got a leader right there. Yeah. And that's definitely. what we need in this day of time. We do, because we don't have enough leaders. So to your point, especially mm. in this black community, we don't. And I think when I look at a guy like that, he's using his platform for good. 
And it's very important. And as we mentioned with this podcast, we felt the responsibility with this growing platform to put content exactly. out here to make a difference. And I feel like he's also basically backing that up with himself as well. I mean, look at it. He created that digital bank, Jules. And that's the next footprint mm-hmm. of what we were talking about, right? Of that economic mm-hmm. opportunity. And he's given and that opportunity give, to his right. people. Dude, Prince, that's what we're talking about. We equipped. There's people out here and equipped. Him, Killer Mike, he got with the the uh, uh, the founder of the TV sh- uh, 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 Bounce oh, TV about uh, station, right? Yeah, Glover. Yep, and Him also and the uh, oh, yep, and Andrew Young got together. Yep. Listen, here's how you get even the playing field. You know what I'm saying? Why don't we come a bank, Greenwood Bank, some especially for Black and Latinos and stuff, so they can help with loans if if, if people want to. Be have entrepreneurship and be entrepreneurs and stuff. Have loans and don't have to jump through hoops and hurdles and be denied and going to this bank and that bank and high interest rates and stuff like that. Do all that plays in the factor when, especially on damn interest rates. My God, oh my goodness, <laughs> that's <just> crazy. <laughs> if you don't have this type of credit score, then your interest rate can be. <laughs> it's subjective too. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yep. So man, dude, man. Big thumbs up to to what they're trying to do. And this is what we need more of. And, you know, I looked it up, and it's, it's a shame that there's only, in, in America, there's only 42 banks, inclu- including credit unions, minority, 42. Yeah, and, and, and what, 23 of those 42 are minority-owned banks, and the, the other ones are credit unions. Right. That's yeah, those credit unions. Out of, out, of, out of thousands of banks in America, only 23. So if people think that we're just making it up about the, the economic economic gap in this country? We're not. <laughs> yeah, the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> you People just have right. to open it's, their it's, eyes and, it's and in see your what's face. going on. It's in your face. Right. It's in your face. But, you know, we coming out with more information like this and other people coming out with more information and people following what uh, Killer Mike and, and, and Ryan Glover and, 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 and Old Mayor uh, Andrew Young are doing, we can have more banks. It don't have to stop here. No. No, this is just you know the beginning. Saying? Other people can get it. You're right. This yeah. is just this is just the beginning. And that's how we get, that's how we get on the even playing cue. Because I'll tell you one thing. I was really proud of this. Not only did he work with these individuals to do this, but they put this in their backyard in Atlanta, right? So it's headquartered in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and it's soon it's going to be available to everybody online. I think it's going to be starting up in January. But they have yep. 10,000 people that have already signed up. And they got $3 million in seed money for this digital bank. And I thought that this thing Excellent. was huge because let's look at this, Jules, and, and our listeners. We know that there's digital currency that's going to be the big way in the future with cryptocurrency and everything like that. Yep. And I think yeah, this Bitcoin, digital bank, mm-hmm. yep, this digital bank is only going to be a stepping stone to get towards that for our people because our people, they don't understand a lot about this crypto and, and, and the Bitcoin and everything like that. So right. my thing is, this is just allowing them more opportunity to learn, getting their feet involved in something like this. And I really love this digital bank because not only are they trying to help underserved communities, but they're also realizing that there's a lot of individuals that are being turned down for loans. There's a lot of individuals mm-hmm. that aren't having those same opportunities to buy homes. I mean, getting turned down for mortgages to buy homes and to invest. Because let's be honest, the real estate game is hot in this country. And now, not a lot of us are being involved in that. And I think that situations like this digital bank can help us get into the game a little bit more than we already are. 
Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Because, you know, say, just give a little idea. You know, this digital bank is going to have checking. You're going to have savings accounts. There's mobile uh, 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 deposits. Uh, you're going to have ATM networks, even Apple and Android uh, uh, pay services. And the best thing I like about this, if you get a direct deposit, you get your money two days in advance. Two days in advance? Two days in advance. Hell, sign me wow. up, man. I can get wow. paid two days in advance. If you get a direct deposit, dude, I saw I saw that. I was like, oh man, they own something. <laughs> they own something, yeah. So I actually, so it was a hundred thousand people that signed up, and it's about to be a hundred thousand and one after we get off of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you get to pay, get paid early. Nice. Because sometimes, yeah. boy, when you when you when you go on check for check, boy, and them, them weekend, them weeks be stretched, you be sitting up there like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta pinch and save and and get the deals and stuff until I get that paycheck, man. It, it can hurt you now. Hell yeah, because yeah, sometimes you'd be looking at that thing like, man, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, where's my where's my check? <laughs> mm-hmm. This thing, this right. thing ain't yeah, too. <laughs> no, that ain't cool now. No, no, no. No, we don't need you going postal now. <laughs> no, you don't need that. There's enough going on out here. <laughs> um, but an- another thing, though, Jules, is that uh, Billboard... And NBC agreed to deposit a million dollars into the bank as well. And so now oh, I'm looking nice. at that like, now nice. those, that's them using their network and their partnerships mm-hmm. to now get other people right. to put their money into the bank, which is only going to help because that's going to give them resources to be able to loan people money and so forth, right? And so mm-hmm. this digital bank, I think, is awesome. It's, and when you look at the banking system, we have the big four, right? Everybody knows who the big four is. You got Chase, Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, right? But Okay. What I like about this bank is this bank's going to be different because it's going to serve the underserved population, right? And it's not going to just be some mm-hmm. fad or some corporate mandate or something to be done in a politically correct manner. I think this bank, their purpose is to help people of color get equal footing. Now, we'll see what the big four, they'll probably talk to diversity. They'll probably talk to certain things of trying to help. But after a while, that's going to go away. Because <laughs> then they're going to be right. like, well, we got to make money. Well, the whole premise behind this digital bank is to empower and to build people up. So they're not going to hide behind the business aspect of things. And that's why I think mm-hmm. it's really important here. Oh, man, dude, it's, it's excellent. Excellent. Something for the, for the people. Something for the people, man. Another thing, too, right? And this is something that really, really hit me when I was, when I was doing some research. I saw where they said that in a black household, that our money only actually sticks around for six hours. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Right, right. But in a white community or Mm -hmm. household, that money stays within that environment for up to 20 days. Right. They talking about that value, that dollar. That that dollar stick around in that household or that community for 20 days for white. That white uh for the white communities and stuff like that. 20 days. People just think yep. about that. And for black six hours, that money ain't staying. No. As soon as it, it leaves your hand, that's gone. It, it's gone. As soon as it leaves yep. your hand, it's, it's it's out the neighborhood. See, the, the, the communities don't own it. We don't blacks don't, we don't own, own our communities. We right. Don't own our communities. That's right. So that's what gotta change. That's gotta change. And once you get, like you say, what what Killer Mike and, and Glover and, and, and Young is doing, that's just the tip, just, just the start. Of what we can do, yeah, because to keep that money is, in the community, because we have to. And the thing about it is, when I brought up Inglewood, the reason why I brought that up is a lot of our partners grew up there. Mm-hmm. They moved out of the area, but I think 
those are the areas that we should be pulling our money together and we should be building that area up. And that's the stuff that I want to start seeing more of us get involved with. And that's why mm-hmm. when I see this digital bank, I'm like, dude, there's so much opportunity for us to do some of these some. things that we're talking. Mm-hmm. We got something here, right? We have some, right. Um, and I'll see, because I'm going to sign up for this bank and I'm going to see what they're talking about, because I want to start getting involved in some of this economic uh, development. So we're going to see if, they, if they're if they up to snuff with this thing, because I'm not kidding. I'm signing up. And you guys will hear me on future episodes talking about what we're doing to help build up some of these communities, because this is not all talk. This is stuff that actually we care about. And this is stuff that matters to us. Yes, sir. Definitely. Have to. In order, we ain't going to have a future. Because we can't expect other people to do stuff for us that we're not willing to do for ourselves. So there's a, there's a gap and we already know that, but I also want to make sure that people realize that Jules and Bofi have been successful in life. We work, we work our asses off. We bust our asses, but Mm -hmm. we also know that there's people that we came up with when we were in high school, when we were in college, Mm -hmm. they didn't have to put in the sweat equity that that he and I have had to put in and they're right here with us. So just take that for food for thought. (laughs) <laughs> we're not afraid of any work, but we just know that we had to sometimes work twice or if not three times harder than some of the people that kind of coasted that came up with us. That's just where we're coming from with yes. this thing. <laughs> but we ain't afraid of no work over here. <laughs> no, we put, in, we put in some work now, especially if you pay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, so I'm really excited to see this. Um, the economic uh, you know, development is a, is a big key point, and this is something that I definitely hope that over the next three to five years, we see that our communities are rebuilt and actually investments are made to, to, to improve everything. Because I think that there's a, lot of, there's a lot of power in our community. And when I think when the Black community is stable, this country is better. And I think mm-hmm. that there's no better time to start this digital bank than now to help build up some of these under, under, um, underperforming communities that have been kind of left behind. Right. Man, if, if, if these underdeveloped communities start building up the homes and schools and, and businesses, it just make every, everything else better, in my opinion. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. just good, it's just good for everybody. Only reason yeah. why, if, if you want to keep it down like this, is because you're a hater, you just want to see, see, see nobody get ahead. Either right. black, white, brown, or whatever, because you do have, you get poor. Next to you, there's poor people in all the next. Oh yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but but to your point though, yeah, you're right. I mean, the thing the thing about it is, if you don't want to see everybody have a success in this world, then you know that's on you. But mm-hmm. the way Jules and I and what we're going to talk about in this podcast is areas where we all can eat, because mm-hmm. I want everybody to be out here building and thriving, not just a certain race. Right, everybody can eat, man. Everybody, there's, a, there's enough of that pie. Divvy that shit up, right? Shit, I like pie. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of pie you like, man? Sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, hey man, you know what? Thanksgiving stuff coming up. It's gonna be a whole bunch of sweet potato. Man, I hope so. I hope so. Mm. Don't, anybody talk to me about that pumpkin? I'm slapping them that shit out of my face. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of pumpkin pie. No, man. That out of here. <laughs> no, he's that a guy. No, stop it. But yeah, man, but I'll just say this, man. There's a lot of opportunity for us to build upon our communities. And I think it starts with having conversations like this and taking that conversation and actually putting a plan together and then executing mm-hmm. on that plan. And I think that it starts 
today. I think that a lot of what we're seeing right now is we have to do more. We have to do better. But I'll tell you one thing. The things that you guys hear us talking about on this podcast, we're going to put this stuff to work. And you're going to, yeah, you guys are going to hear the work that we're going to be putting in because this Pull It Back the Curtain podcast is not going anywhere. We are in this thing for the long haul. And you guys are going to hear this in our content. And I'm just telling you, I'm very excited for what the future of this podcast holds. But I'm also excited for the things that this podcast will allow me and Jules to be able to do for the communities that we grew up in. And that's the part that I'm very excited about going forward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Me too, man. Definitely. Definitely. Because nothing, we got to look at ourselves now and then we got to look at the future and stuff. And we want to leave, when we leave this place, man, we want to leave it better than what we had. That's the whole premise of it. We want to leave this, our communities, our families, our our neighborhoods. We want to leave it better than what we had. And that's our goal. That's our goal. And and that's what we're going to do because... There's a lot of people in this world that they talk about what they're going to do. Well, talk is cheap, man. Actions speak a lot of the words and watch us, watch us do it. And I think that's the, that's the biggest thing here. Well, Jules, episode one of season two, man, is in the books. Man. I'm going to kick it over to you for that curtain call, but brother, man. this was a good one. Okay. And I'm telling you, man, we're going to keep hitting them with these every week. <laughs> but go yes, ahead sir. and hit with yes, that sir, curtain I enjoy call. It. Yeah, I enjoy it, man. I, I I enjoy it, man. We got a lot of information for people to listen and to kind of chew on and do their own research on. And we helped a lot. I feel we helped a lot of people out today. So uh, this curtain call goes out to some noble uh, people that we have lost since our season one finale in mid-July. John Lewis, C.T. Vivian, Chadwick Bozeman, Gail Sayers, R.B.G., Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Lou Brock, John Thompson, Wes Unsled, Regis Philbin, Naya Rivera, Johnny Nash, Cliff Robinson, Wilford Brimley, Peter Green, John Saxon, Kelly Preston, and Eddie Van Halen. You know, you all fought a good fight. You all finished the task. And you guys kept the faith. Now you deserve the crown. Pulling back the curtain podcast, we'd like to thank you for leaving your blueprint, your legacy to this world. So if anyone wants to follow in your footsteps, they will know how. You will all never be forgotten. Thank you. Jules, thanks for that curtain call. Well said, well said. Well, it's been a great episode. Listeners, we look forward to this all season long. We would like to give a special shout out to our sponsor, Sumato Coffee. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Deezer. We appreciate your continued support of the podcast. On next week's episode, we will pull back the curtain on the Black Wall Street Massacre and much more. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace.